welcome to Crying in the Book Club, a podcast where three emotional friends talk about TV shows that make them emotional. I'm your host, Emily, and I'm here with my co-hosts, John Luke. Hi, John Luke. Hi, Emily. How's it going? Yeah, doing all right. And uh, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. I feel like we haven't done a TV show yet on this show. We haven't. Like we saying That's that we true. haven't done a TV show. I feel like I'm missing something, but no, this is the first one. No. This is the first time we've ever done non-comics. Some would say this is the first ever TV show ever. <laughs> I would definitely it's not say not even that. like a TV show, really, right? Like, No, it's a... Streaming, a streaming show. Streaming, streaming, streaming original, yeah. A streamer, I would call it. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. It's but you could, I guess. You call it a stream even, but then you're thinking about, like, you know, then it sounds kind of illegal. And I, I paid for my, this show. Yeah, same, for, for yeah. sure. Oh, yep. yeah, t- totally. Uh, yeah, no, this is the first time that we're talking about something that's not a comic book, because uh, normally, I we wouldn't be talking about this if not for the fact that uh it is much more than just a scott pilgrim tv series uh i would say spoiler alert but uh, if you're listening to this you've already seen the title uh so we are here of course to talk about scott pilgrim takes off the uh netflix anime series set in the scott pilgrim universe um the spcu as i've (laughs) taken to calling it yeah that's what that's what we're all calling it um some some background on scott pilgrim takes off in 2019 jared leboff a producer on scott pilgrim versus the world who is currently partnered with netflix's anime team reached out to brian lee o'malley about the possibility of a scott pilgrim anime O'Malley was not interested at the time because he did not want to do a straight retelling of the graphic novels, which uh, I I get. Uh, While discussing the possibility of a Scott Pilgrim anime over dinner with TV writer Ben David Grabinski, O'Malley's friend and a longtime Scott Pilgrim fan, the ideas for a series where Scott loses the initial fight with Matthew Patel would take shape. Grabenzi felt that this would give the series a way to spend more time with Ramona and the exes. Uh, in 2020, O'Malley and Grabenzi pitched their idea for the Scott Pilgrim anime, which was immediately greenlit by Universal Content Productions, a division of Universal Studio Group, and Netflix. Series development would be announced to the public in January of 2022. O'Malley would go on to be showrunner, writer, and executive producer alongside Grabinski. Animation was done by anime studio Science Saru, known for beloved series such as Ping Pong the Animation, Devil Man Crybaby, and Keep Your Hands Off Izuken. Uh, Abel Gongora, a Spanish animator known for his work with Science Saru, was brought on to direct the series. Almost the entire live-action cast returned to voice their characters in the series. I have like a a little minor bone to pick, uh, but we'll get to it. Uh, original music for the series was composed by American composer Joseph Trapanese. Uh, Joseph Trapanese, and one of those has got to be right. Uh, and the band Anamanaguchi, who previously did music for the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World video game. A number of licensed songs were also included in the series, including Scott Pilgrim by Plumtree. 
So that's um, the the background. I I found it really interesting. Uh, I actually went and it, in comparison to last episode, did some real research for this episode, and I was what reading. I know, right? Hmm. Uh, I was reading an interview. Why the with, fuck would you waste time doing research? Because it's uh, about Scott Pilgrim, which I care we about. We have an intern we don't pay to do that. True. Uh, it, Sometimes they slack off a bit, but, you know, hey, free is free. It turns out that, like, this whole series came about because, like, Universal really wanted something for, like, they wanted to do another Scott Pilgrim thing, but they didn't want a an expensive live-action sequel, which I get and i agree i don't think a live action sequel movie would have uh been good for this uh but and so like they were like on brian leo malley's ass like can we do a scott pilgrim anime series and he was like i don't fucking wanna which like you know i get um but apparently just he just was randomly having dinner with his friend and like they weren't intending to talk about Scott Pilgrim at all. And then it just like came up over the course of conversation that like he was trying to figure out like an angle to approach this TV show project with because like he really just didn't want to do an animated version of the graphic novels and uh Gravinsky starts throwing out these like crazy ideas about like what if Scott loses the first fight what if they make a movie and it's the movie that was Scott Pilgrim versus the world and uh I don't know I just thought that was really fun um so I I promise I didn't do any research but I heard that uh in terms of the cast returning um that happened because michael sarah responded to like a 12 year old email chain i didn't include this in my notes but i am glad that you brought it up because i i was hoping that it would come up eventually but yeah yeah, like one of the things that like totally unrelated to the project kind of boiling under the surface uh kind of just unrelated uh michael sarah responded to a like like a message or a meme or whatever that was in this big uh, group email that they had had back in the day for the Scott Pilgrim cast. And he responded as if like he was just responding to it. Like he had just received the message and uh, everybody else was like, Mike, Michael, what are you doing? Um, But that got everybody talking again. And then when it came time for like the, the casting of, uh, of this series, like, when people started getting contacted, like everybody was on board. Um, the, when I say almost, uh, the, uh, actors who played the twins, even though they did not have a speaking role in the movie, um, they did not, I don't know if they were just not asked or, uh, if they declined or whatever, but they did not return, uh, to voice their characters in this series. The, the voice was done by, uh, I don't remember if it was one or two actors who, I don't remember if they had two (laughs) different voice actors, honestly, but, um, it was not, it was not the, the actors who played them in the movie. If you're going to have two characters that aren't coming back, I feel like the twins are like, I mean, I know, but you also, know like... It'd be nice to have everybody, but, like... But they also I just... mean, they're also just, like, the most forgettable characters from Scott Pilgrim, right? 
Well, they could have been less forgettable if this series had thought to do anything with them like it did with all the rest of the exes. That's my that it, it, spoiler alert. This is my my big uh, bo- my uh, basically my only bone to pick with the series is that I feel like every other ex got like uh like fleshed got fleshed out and got like a resolution except for the exes uh, or not the exes uh, except they for became, the, the they twins. became good. I think that was their. They're reading a book on like how to not be evil or something. Everybody else got like a whole episode, and they got like nothing. And I thought that was annoying. I will confirm they they got one voice actor to voice uh, both. Okay, yeah, see, they wouldn't even pay two voice actors. Uh Cheap, 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 cheap. But anyway, um, as for the. the plot synopsis of this series. Um, this is not as was semi advertised. This, this is not just a an adaptation of the Scott Pilgrim comics. Uh, it starts off kind of like it's going to be, but it, but it's not. Uh, the series, set in Toronto, Canada, serves as an alternate retelling of the original Scott Pilgrim graphic novel series and movie. Like in the original series, Scott Pilgrim, a bassist in an indie band, falls in love with Ramona Flowers, a mysterious delivery girl, attracting the attention of Ramona's seven evil exes. Things take an unexpected turn when Scott loses his battle against Ramona's first evil ex, Matthew Patel, and is seemingly killed. As the trajectory of everyone's lives, including those of Ramona's evil exes, changes drastically as a result, Ramona learns that Scott may still be alive and investigates his disappearance. Over the course of her investigation, Ramona is forced to reckon with her past, eventually finding resolution with almost all of her exes. It is ultimately revealed that the culprit behind the events of the series is Scott himself, but from the future, where he and Ramona have separated. His goal was to prevent Scott and Ramona from ever getting together, thus preventing his own eventual heartbreak. Ramona realizes she has spent her life running from the things that she loves and in her actualization becomes Super Ramona, who is able to return future Scott to his own time and everyone else to the present. The season ends with a montage of the cast moving on with their lives in fun, new ways. There is a mid credit scene teasing the possibility of a series continuation. So, how did you guys feel when they announced a Scott Pilgrim anime? It was uh, partly, oh, why would they do this? Um, you know, the, the comic's fantastic, and it's like, oh, like I understand wanting to introduce it to a new audience, and I'm sure it'll do really well as an anime, but it's also like, if you're not going to do anything new with it, why bother? Um, which <laughs> I guess they maybe thought of that. Maybe they're smart people and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that was the initial. For me, it's the way I feel about all comic book adaptations of like stuff that I like, which is it's fine that they're doing that, but also why are they doing that? Um, I was, I, I was more excited when I, when I learned that like Brian Lee O'Malley was like pretty heavily involved mm-hmm. that, that gave me a fair amount of confidence in, in the, in the show. But definitely my first, <laughs> my first response was I'll probably watch it, but especially given the quality of the average quality of Netflix originals. I'm not expecting very much. That's fair. So. Yeah. I, and then, Oh, uh, go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you, you keep going. Oh, I, I was just going to say when they started releasing clips and stuff that looked like it was 
just a direct adaptation of the movie to animation, mm-hmm. I, I almost didn't want, like, it almost made me not want to watch it <laughs> because I, I like the movie, don't get me wrong, but I really did not see the point of just directly adapting the movie to, oh, yeah. like, it seemed like a pointless endeavor to me. Yeah. So I, I got baited by the, uh, by the marketing campaign, which, which, in the end, like worked out well because it made the the show a lot more fun. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I mean, I was gonna watch it no matter what. Um, you say Scott Pilgrim anime, and I'm like, oh boy, I'm seated. It doesn't matter like what what's going on, basically. Um, so I, I was already like, even if I didn't think it was gonna be like good, I was still like, uh, maybe it'll be fun. Uh, definitely did not expect what we got uh, because when they were marketing this, they did say this is not going to be a straight adaptation of the comics. And when they said that, I thought they just meant that they were going to like take out the slurs and maybe like move some things around or like, you know, uh, they did take out the slurs. I mean, yes, but I or they bleeped I, them because m- maybe they still said them. There were a few bleeps. Uh, but but I I figured that like they were mostly just gonna like kind of retool the existing story to maybe like a slightly updated audience. Uh, I did not expect a whole new thing. I literally, I was like on the, when the day that this show dropped, I was in, I was driving up to visit uh, my girlfriend in Minnesota for uh, American Thanksgiving. And I was on the first leg of my trip. So I was in a hotel in Missouri watching the first episode on my laptop and it gets to the end of the first episode where Matthew Patel loses and like my jaw just dropped because like I was I was sitting there like huh we're kind of like just sort of breezing through these first like beats of the of the story but like okay whatever this is weird and different um and then like it gets to the end and like Scott dies and i was just like holy shit and i think i probably messaged john luke like immediately (laughs) but um so yeah like i uh i also like bought into the the hype for or i probably of the three of us most bought into the hype of the show and then like was maybe the first to realize that uh, strange things were afoot. Yeah, Emily messaged me saying, I have a link to the Scott Pilgrim uh, anime if you want it. <laughs> I, you you don't say that. I mean, it, it was, I it was, it's in my personal Dropbox, so make it that way. Netflix.com slash Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that's the link. Netflix.com slash Scott Pilgrim. No, Emily did DM me like halfway through the first episode, I think. Mm-hmm. And we and then uh, gave me the spoiler about the end, which made me immediately start 
like go watch it so, yeah because i, I knew it, otherwise like you weren't going to i you needed I, the hook and i yeah it, i was gonna get to it eventually probably but i i wasn't so, like super enthused it's so funny because like i know so many people who like needed that hook <laughs> to actually get like get invested in watching the show uh but but I mean you know I I don't blame Netflix for being cagey with it. I think that like I'm glad that I got to have the experience of like thinking that this was just a normal Scott Pilgrim anime and then like being hit with that at the end of the episode. But um it it is funny to me that like it feels like so many like actual like diehard Scott Pilgrim fans needed to know that like strange well, things were afoot in order well, yeah, to actually because- I think the thing with Scott Pilgrim is that it's so beloved and Mm -hmm. it's the, the comic, like, I guess if we're talking about like diehard fans, like, but, but this is true of both the comic and the movie Yeah, are on a pedestal that they deserve. And so most people are probably like, well, why wouldn't I just either watch the movie, which I love or read the comics, which I also love. So Mm -hmm. I, I think the, and also I think the idea of like, you know, okay, sure, Brian Lee O'Malley comes back and he's doing a Scott Pilgrim adaptation. Like, I, I, it's his property. Like, he created it. He is, you know, a writer from the early 2000s who has in no way fallen off. I'm sure it'll be good. But mm-hmm. I, I think the idea of especially, and I think this is probably especially true for people like us, like, Brian Lee O'Malley does animated adaptation of Scott Pilgrim is like, fine on the excitement track brian lee o'malley does new original story is like way more exciting right because oh yeah speaking as three people who wait with bated breath every year for a single fucking snot girl i would take one panel at this point of of snot girl would you take okay? So DC Comics hands out oh, their, their annual holiday holiday issue with a ton of short stories, and you, <laughs> and you and you get a short story. You get one page of Snot Girl randomly. Are you saying that Snot Girl is going? Snot Girl is the prez of the contemporary era, where <sighs> it gets its end. It gets concluded as a throwaway. Not even full issue in a DC compilation. Oh, is that true? That's what happened. Um, that is what I, happened I, to Prez. Yeah. I, it wasn't even a. Ho- it wasn't even big enough to be like this is Christmas or Halloween. It was like a no. Catwoman special. Yeah, it was, was like the like, Catwoman oh. 50th, 75th anniversary special or something. Sorry, sorry, so sorry, Prez. The only place we can fit you is two pages in the Catwoman 75 special. Yeah. So, okay, I, so like, I, what, I would be really sad if they did that. Snot Girl deserves better than that, and I think. What Brian if it's a really O'Malley. good page, though? What if it's like you know? I'm sure it would be because Leslie Hung would that, draw it. So it's, it's like there's that no or such. You like don't get it at all, and Leslie Hung's not drawing it. It's the person who drew the Prez um, oh, one page. Well, if Leslie Hung's wasn't... not drawing no. it, I think I'm out. No, that's fair. No, but and and said he is writing it. No. Oh, perfect! I'm back in. Got me with that one. I was going to mention this, but I, I also want to read the DMs that Emily sent me the next day. Uh, <laughs> Which are in all caps. Because I did, I I need, 
everyone to know that I watched the first two episodes and then I went to sleep and then I watched episodes like three through seven uh, the next morning before I left my hotel room and something major happens in episode three for me personally. Okay, so I'm actually going to read the DM that the last DM that Emily sent me that night. I'm praying that O'Malley will not disappoint me once again. And then the next day, uh, 5.04 a.m. Well, that's my time, so it was 8.04 a.m. for for Emily. But that's still early. All caps. He fucking, he did it. He didn't disappoint me. Now, those of you who know Emily will almost certainly know what this is in reference to, but to shed light on the situation... I can only assume that this happened seconds after uh, Kim Pine kissed another woman. Yes, uh, in episode three of Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Because I said the only thing that I wanted from the Scott Pilgrim animated series was for Kim Pine to kiss a woman. I didn't care what the circumstances were. I just wanted it to happen, and it does. And she, she gave it a good go. Yeah, would like, you have been satisfied? Yeah. This is my discussion question. Okay. Would you have been satisfied if Kiss Pine, Kim, Kim Pine kissed a woman, but it was like her mom? But it was like you know she pecked her mom <laughs> I mean, on the cheek or something. That, that, no, but that's not that's not kissing. I a would woman, John. have not been satisfied. Well, okay. What if she kissed her mom like the way she kissed the other person? Then I would just be like questioning yeah, and uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I didn't. I don't want that. Yeah, I can go to Ao3 if I want that. I, but no, I, I and I don't. For the record, a, a, a like a a peck. He's winking on, right now, guys. A a peck on the cheek doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes sense. I subscribe. I, but, I'm a proud member of the Kim Pine should kiss more women club. Yeah. So you were a proud member of the Kim Kim Pine as your as your Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a, a I'm a proud no. member of the Kim Pine fan club. Nice, so true. I, I, Kim Pine is my current Twitter. Avatar. Yeah. It's a different Kim, Oops. not the not the not. It's a different. It's not a totally original. different vibe than my old Kim Pine avatar. <laughs> but it's it's equally it's equally good. I I like it a lot. It, Lots of great like frames from from this anime that you could screenshot for Twitter avies. So true. I'm sure that when this episode goes out, my uh, Twitter avatar will still be a screen cap of Ramona from the episode mm-hmm. where she has green hair. Because I mean, you know that I was like <laughs> I was like ze- zeroed in on that episode, waiting for the perfect screenshot to make my Twitter avatar. So little. I know we haven't really got into much of the show, but that's fine. Um, she, uh, you know. She dyes her hair a lot, and in the comic, I'm like, "This is cool. This is this is great." Uh-huh. But seeing it in the anime and how often she does it, I'm just thinking, like, this poor, this poor lady, this, her poor hair. Have like, you seen all the? Have you seen all the the silly fan art of like Ramona with her hair falling out because she's oh, okay. constantly bleaching her hair? <laughs> but that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, makes, I yeah, I had a friend yeah. that genuinely was like, "Does Ramona actually go bald in the series?" And I was like, "No, people are just making a joke about how often in the she epilogue her hair." Uh, uh, but it, yeah, it's 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 such a nice like little touch to like really start every episode and every chapter and really like lock it in and it's it's so and... cute. I really love like how like methodical it is, and I like that like different episodes have her with different hair colors and so you can sort of like kind of track like 
individual images from across the series based on like what color Ramona's hair is. I, I think that's fun. It's also fun that like the original comic has a running gag about Ramona constantly changing her hair, but you can never tell because it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. And then every episode of the anime opens with her changing her hair and you can see it because the colors are in very vibrant colors, in fact. So, yeah, I I, I appreciate that. I kind of wish that at one point they had maybe done like a black and white or like a like like dark like dark and blonde or something as sort of an homage to the comics being black and white. Uh, I think that would have been fun, but should have had old Scott Pilgrim be like black and white. Like <laughs> that would have been fun. From Spider-Verse. Yeah, that would have been fun. Um, the, I guess the, the big question is, did you guys like it? You're muted, Alex. You didn't get to hear me say not enough Scott. There were episodes where he's just missing. And they don't even explain it till the end. And then their explanation is time travel. Lazy. Lazy. So true, bestie. Yeah. Don't erase Scott. It's not called, you know, Ramona's It's not called Ramona Flowers. I mean, arguably, he does take off. He does take he off does the shirt off. in the last episode. That's true. No I, no, I mean, like, he, he like, he, like... You're right. So true, jean He takes off, and he's No, gone. I know. I, I, I really like the double entendre of the, of the title for that exact reason, that it's like, Scott Pilgrim takes off. Like, oh, it's, like, fun. Oh God, like, yes. you know, it's the anime kind of takeoff. He's, like, flying around and stuff. And it's like, Scott Pilgrim takes off, as in... How quaint. He went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. He did go out for a pack of smokes. It was great. But, yeah, it's it's... Remarkable how, um, you know, going into it, I didn't know the twist or anything, uh-huh. but it's great that this just feels like As another, oh, it, I guess. who told you? We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about off camera. It's okay. Um, it's, it's just so cool that this has just become another chapter in the Scott Pilgrim universe where yeah. it's like, oh, it's a great addition. And it's like something you can enjoy completely separately. And it like really does well with the themes of the original and uh, yeah it's like oh it's so cool it's like even more scott pilgrim goodness which is so cool that we have you know the original graphic novel and we have the movie which is so beloved for a lot of the same reasons but also a lot of different reasons and you have the good um edgar wright um you know direction and all all that fun stuff and the, the choreography um and now we have a really cool anime so i mean if brian lee o'malley in the future is all like hey i would love to take it into another medium like a play scott pilgrim the play i'd be like oh that'd be so cool Oh, I would, I would sell literally any organ in my body for Scott Pilgrim, the musical. They already have a musical, so it's, it's like doable too. No, see, they fucking, right. I was so hoping that it was going to be an actual musical episode and they like totally dropped the ball. And I was very upset that that was not an actual full musical episode. That's why Emily hates the show. Yeah, that's why I hate the show, and I think it's dog shit. I think I I was I jokingly said on the last episode that I didn't like it, but I did like it. Surprise! I I have some quibbles with it. Well, that's a relief. I I I have some quibbles with it, but 
I, 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 like, I have quibbles with everything because that's just who I am, unfortunately. I can never fully enjoy something. But I, I, no, I, I did really like it. I, I'm absolutely with Alex on the like. It's really awesome that they told a new Scott Pilgrim story because, you know, as we talked about in our Scott Pilgrim episode, there are parts of the comic book that feel dated, even though. I will stand by the comic book forever. I think it's phenomenal. Absolutely. And the movie is obviously, very obviously dated at this point, but I will also stand by the movie. I like the movie a lot. So it's cool that they did something completely new with it and that they, you know, O'Malley and, and the other writers, I, I don't know exactly how many, who else wrote on the show or if it was I just think, like O'Malley, I, but I assume there was a writer's room at least. Yeah, I know that, like, primarily it was uh, O'Malley and Grabinski, yeah. but... Um... But um, I, it's it's really cool that O'Malley actually got a chance to flesh out characters who don't didn't get the most page time in the comics and are definitely short-shifted by the movie, so... Mm-hmm. It's an eight-episode s- series, so obviously not everyone is gonna... Like, I mean, look... Kim Pine does not get the amount of screen time that she gets in the comics. Kim Absolutely. Pine gets a lot more to do in the comics. We need more Kim Pine I in the show. This had been but, like a ten episode series instead of eight. I feel like you know, throw in like a Kim episode, and like I said, like throw in one for the twins because they literally didn't get one. Eight episode series should be illegal. Like eight episode uh, TV seasons. We need to go back to when they were 22 episodes, at least. Right. Even if they're bad, just give it all 22 episodes. You know what? Look, name one season of Riverdale that doesn't have a dud episode in the 22, you know? Hey, you know what? I'll say the last last season of Riverdale was supposed to have way more episodes, and they they didn't have have enough, and they had a different plan. They were going to go through through every decade leading up to starting in the the 40s and their 50s. Anyway. We all know Riverdale. Not the I, I really, I really do think that. I mean, not to get, not to derail it too much, but the every TV show being a miniseries thing is a fucking bummer, and it's especially a bummer for something like Scott Pilgrim, where O'Malley does a great job in the constraints of the eight episode structure. But yeah, like it would be great if they could have done ten or twelve or yeah, twenty. Yeah, twelve episodes, yeah. like. Yeah, uh, I like a I like a good mini series, but I don't like how that's become like the standard. Yeah, it, among many things that like Netflix has destroyed about our culture, mm-hmm. probably like relatively low on the list, but still, <laughs> like I, you know, yeah. Um, who was your favorite character? Uh, favorite evil X. Hmm. Kim Pine. I, I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but you, Alex. Uh, I mean, John. You if you, John, if you have if you have more things to say, like. Oh no! I was just gonna say that uh, Evil X. Pro. I I like that Lucas Lee had more to do in 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 this one. I, I liked Lucas. I thought Lucas was fun. I liked his bromance with uh, Gordon. Uh, in in that one episode where they listen to Vampire Weekend and watch anime, that was fun. <laughs> what about you, Alex? 
Uh, favorite character. Huh. I mean, it can, I mean your like favorite a, character can also be your favorite evil ex. I just wanted to I make will, sure. I will not go down that path. I, I mean, Ramon, I think, you know, being the star of the show this time around, and not that she really wasn't in the comic or anything or, or the movie really, um, but just, yeah, yeah, cool character. And I like the, the, the journey she goes on. Uh, evil X, X, Y is. I love I love the good old the good old vegan vegan man Todd. who uh, who goes through some heartbreak you know let's let, sure let's, let's not let's not avoid that goes I love what they did with Todd in, oh yeah in the show it's really fun yeah Todd is definitely my new favorite evil ex uh, at least as far as like this series goes uh, I mean like look roxy richter is number one in my heart forever but like i really liked the uh the character development for todd in this show and i, I mean yeah. obvi- like ramona is obviously my favorite character. if i had to do a second it'd be wallace as a second favorite character because i think wallace is just great in the show oh, and wallace. It's, wallace is great in everything and he's so gets a little more to do but like yeah yeah he's oh, so good so good so good um did and and we kind of touched on it but did either of you like go through any uh particular like changes in your feelings towards certain characters based on the way that they were explored in this series versus previous iterations of scott pilgrim one thing i really liked is how much they sidelined uh g-man it like because in the movie, he's like the big bad, and uh-huh. even in the comics, like he's he's the big he's bad. also like the big bad, right? Like, I'm glad he, that they didn't even attempt to go for the glow. Yeah, yeah, they didn't do the the Uchina thing with the castle and the the sword. Yeah, I well, like I, mean, I like. Well, of course, you yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but I I like that he is just basically just like petty and pathetic the whole time he gets fucking smoked by matthew patel in like episode four yeah and slinks back to julie's house to basically be like a house husband for a few episodes just like becomes like a total dirtbag like not that he isn't a dirtbag in the comics and, and the movie but like he is a different kind of dirtbag like a failure kind of dirtbag yeah in in the like previous versions whereas now he is truly a dirtbag yeah i i i just i i think it's really fun that they don't take him seriously at all like he is just the most pathetic loser character yeah and there's not even an attempt and and even even his master like evil plan at the end it's like oh i'm gonna blow up the theater because the guy beat me up in a fight it's like oh Okay. And even that gets upstaged is it the does, thing. It does. Yeah. Like that's oh, yeah, he, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. It really is. I and, and it's just one of those things where I don't know, like it, it, the character is always kind of pathetic in previous iterations, but there's a seriousness and a gravitas that he has where like on the one hand, like you're kind of laughing at him because he's a smarmy asshole mm-hmm. in in the in previous iterations of the character, but also like he's dangerous and successful and like he's portrayed with like a baseline competency and here he's just like a loser wimp that like got a good you know he got a good like die roll when he was born or whatever and he can't do anything he he sucks 
And yeah. he is owned by Matthew Patel. Like the first X that Scott defeats in the easiest way possible in the other two iterations. Much to Matthew's surprise too. It's, it's yeah. like, oh, huh. mm-hmm. but he rolls like he, Matthew Patel rolls his shit. Like it's, yeah. you know, it, it was like watching, you know, what the dolphins did to the, to the Broncos earlier this season. Like it's like a 70, 20 style game, like unprecedented so. upset, you know, <laughs> G man on absolute fraud watch. Yep. And you know, deserved based on where things go in the end yeah it it, it really feels like because every every evil axe even even the the twins that get like what a couple lines in this one it it feels like they all get way more fleshed out stuff and it almost feels like hey scott pilgrim was a movie and then they're doing this comic book about like the axes and giving you little short stories and like what they're up to um and it it does all like feed the bigger narrative but it also kind of feels a little bit like oh it's a little bit of slice of life for them and you get to really get to know them better and it's like it doesn't really build towards the narrative because none of them have anything to do with it really because i also like that the evil exes are kind of unbothered by the whole league of evil exes thing yeah like matthew patel obviously like goes and and you know defeats scott or whatever and and gordon gordon is into it because he's the most recently scorned Mm -hmm. but the rest of the because in the comics like you get the flashbacks where ramona explains like what happened and then they show up and you know scott fights him eventually but in this one it's like you know they showed up to the league of evil x's thing kind of because they want a social thing to do and then all of them just end up being like yeah i don't know i don't really care about that like there's a there's We're a sort not of really evil it's just branding yeah and, and there's a sense that like to a degree not all of them are like over ramona which i think is important for the story to like fully work mm-hmm. but none of them are so obsessed with her in the way that they're portrayed as in the other two iterations of, of the story mm-hmm. so it's it's just i, I don't know like I, I like that aspect of it because they actually get to be like they're fun villains in the comic and the movie, but they get to be individuals. Yeah, they get to have yeah. stuff beyond just like you know being spy- uh, spited by and obsessed with you know yeah. Ramona for their whole lives, which is fun. Like it's it, it it lets you it lets you do different things with the characters, which yeah. I think is kind of the modus operandi of of the show is that like you get to do different things with all the characters. It's an yeah. Elseworlds tale, but it's canon. <laughs> Kinda. I don't yeah. know. I, I like the idea that there's like a Scott Pilgrim multiverse now. Yeah. yeah. Like in in twenty years they'll do like the shitty Spider Man movie, but for Scott Pilgrim. Oh. Scott oh. meets Scott. Oh my gosh. And oh, if they do like kind of like um Who Framed Roger Rabbit style where like Michael Sarah's live action. Yeah. But then like you got oh, Scott who's a cartoon kind of thing. And then you have like cart like comic Scott who's just in cartoon panels and doesn't actually move. <laughs> but it's just like in inset over the shots, and they're all voiced by Michael Sarah. Oh, it's not even really like the Spider Man thing where they get all the actors. It's just like no, Michael, it's just Michael doing Sarah. all of it. That's so great. Good for That's, good for him. I would. Yeah, I'm glad really, you're still working. I would really in, in this future enjoy uh, into the Pilgrim verse. <laughs> Brian Lee O'Malley, you can call us anytime yeah, you want. Uh, but we if know you do, you're we're going to just ask about Snyder. I won't even. I won't even ask for residuals. But I, as Alex alluded to, I will ask for one issue of Snark. Yeah, that's that's all in we need. In exchange for this idea. <laughs> in exchange for this idea, just please. 
one issue of Snot Girl. One DC <laughs> holiday up. special. You know you can do it. <laughs> My crops are dying. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of the animation in this show? I feel like, John Luke, you said at one point that you were not impressed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's solid most of the way through, but a lot of it, I, I don't know, like, I find that it's lacking in detail in a way that the comic isn't like a lot of the set dressing in the comic is like really intricate uh which i understand that's hard to do and it's hard to do in animation but i'm not super impressed with like the way the animation moves like it looks fine there's some really great scenes i think in when you take screenshots of it or look at stills it looks great because it you know just looks like it's adapting o'malley's style but I think in motion, there's definitely some things about it that are not the best. Uh, I would say definitely, but- like, there are some times when it has less frames, uh, yeah. which I don't I don't think is yeah, a I, bad I, thing. I, I, definitely, I definitely don't like that, but... Um, I, you know, I know that that can be up to personal taste, but, um, like anime occasionally, uh, operates under less like frames. And so that is just something that I'm a little more accustomed to probably, but, um, it's weird because I, I didn't know, I didn't know who science Saru was, but I have Uh, seen ping pong, the animation and I think ping pong looks incredible. Yeah. 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 One of my friends made me sit down and watch it a few years okay, ago. Okay, interesting. But I think Ping Pong looks really good. And I, like, know about Devilman Crybaby because it's the same guy who did it and mm-hmm. who uh, directed... Um, and it's also... Science Saru is, like. like, his studio, basically. Oh, so did they also do, like, Inuo and uh, what, Night of Short Walk-On Girl? Uh, I know they did I Night of Short so. Walk-On Girl. Let me, like, make sure about Inuo before I actually Because that those sure. look really good. Like, the animation in those is, is I would say, definitely better than this. And well, I don't know if it's, like, a you, Netflix shoestring budget type deal. But. Well, you can also, yeah, um, it, it, Science Saru did uh, Inuo as well. Um, yeah, which, I, I mean, yeah, Inuo is amazing. You, I mean, you're comparing the budgets of, like, a movie versus a yeah. TV show. So, like, in that regard, like, yeah, like, The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, and Inuo uh, are, I, I mean, you know, Ping Pong is also a series, so that's, like, different, but, um, you know, like, it, it, it's about, like, what you're allocated per, like, yeah. bit I, of the thing I'm you're not, doing. I'm not... I don't think it's the animator's fault. I'm very happy to say that Netflix is a dog shit company that does not give uh, their creatives that they hire the amount of budget and legroom that they need to make good. uh, Yeah. I, I, I like to think that they probably like, cause there are a lot of like pretty intense, like fight scenes and action scenes in, uh, in this show so i like to think that they probably uh did the best that they could with the amount of budget that netflix was willing to give i do i definitely believe that uh uh alex what did you how did you feel about the animation while watching it i liked it i think the fight scenes were especially rad Uh, Mm -hmm. i didn't really have a problem with 
yeah overall i was like oh cool i I think i had enough little like easter eggs and little jokes that it was like oh Mm -hmm. nice it kind of feels like the comic yeah kind of brought that over yeah i really liked uh i really liked the way that they like executed the scott pilgrim visual style in uh like adapting this uh i like just it it there's something about the scott pilgrim art style that is just like pure serotonin to my brain (laughs) so like seeing it in motion was just like all i could have asked for and then getting like new story and getting to see it animated was just like it, it was just more than i could have possibly expected yeah for sure um what do you guys think of the voice acting as we mentioned uh almost the entire uh live action cast for every speaking member of the primary live action cast returned uh to reprise their roles um i i know i've just asked what you guys thought i will say um there is a gulf in my in my opinion there is a gulf in the uh the quality of the voice acting here um i think that some people did a really goddamn good job and name other them, people them. were maybe phoning it in a little name them name them Kieran Culkin popped off though Loki Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, 110%. Like every single second that Wallace was speaking is perfect beyond measure. I, I actually think Chris Evans did a really good job too, which I wasn't he necessarily did. expecting. It seemed yeah. like he actually wanted to be there. But I I Are you guys I, Bre- Brendan Ruth Roth haters? Is this is this where this is going? Um is the, that, the Todd that's, voice that's Todd? I, yeah. No, oh, I thought fine. Todd was great. I I think uh, definitely in the first couple episodes, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is not bringing her a game. I that's it what does I will say. Like, take her. She gets better bit. over time, but she kind of like has I've to find her, her footing. I've seen her recently live action acting in Ahsoka, and I that's not I live. Like, a- that's not live action. That is also animation. I saw that her is... going in front of a screen, and you know, I, I was talking to Jean Luc, and I was like, "Man, you know, she used to, she used to be able to act like." you know yeah it's such films of scott pilgrim uh and then this anime comes and it's like oh well, at times to be to be fair she is definitely not doing live action in ahsoka because that is like an entirely hera is an entirely yeah. cg character so oh, really there's it, no it's it's all i mean i'm sure she was on set but like are you sure because it's like so it's not like prosthetic. I, it's like Hera. No, 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 no. I, despite the fact that they made Twilight prosthetics look really good in Return of the Jedi, they did not. I'm pretty sure they did not. Yeah, but with that was that, 40 so. years ago. They've yeah. been lost. Technology. Yeah, yeah. Prosthetics have gotten worse since then, if anything. <laughs> but like, she was a, a major weak point at the beginning, and I, I think Michael Sarah is fine, but he sounds too old to be Scott Pilgrim. That's that's the biggest issue with with him was, and there's other members of the cast where that's true as well but i was surprised i was like concerned that michael Sarah would not really be able to like bring it as scott pilgrim but i i thought that like i mean you know not that he's in as much of the show but i thought that he did a, a pretty decent job uh compared i guess to what i expected of him 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree that I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead took a little bit to find her footing, but I do think that she does, uh, kind of find a good place with Ramona and like towards the end, like, I think that she does a really good job actually. Um, Aubrey Plaza, I was most disappointed in, um, just in terms of like expectation versus what happened because like. Aubrey Plaza is a good actress who I enjoy in most things, but like I felt like not all of her performances, Julie, but like like three fourths, like like a like half to three fourths of her performance just felt kind of like she phoned in, like she was like she was just yelling, and it really it put into focus. it, like okay so i the way that i watched the series is i watched the first two episodes and then i went to bed and then i watched episodes three through seven and then i didn't get to watch episode eight until like a couple of days later and in the intervening time i watched not all of but a considerable chunk of like the live action scott pilgrim movie i just rewatched it uh with someone who had not seen it before and uh just like the compare the vocal comparison of like the way that she does the julie voice versus a lot of the performance in the anime i thought was just super lacking and that she was just kind of yelling like not like yelling in a voice actor way just like yelling That, that that was my biggest disappointment. Like I, I I I there were other members of the cast that I thought were not as good, but like just because Aubrey Plaza is an actress that I genuinely really like, uh that was like the 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 biggest disappointment for me. I think Julie kind of just yells a lot, but I also agree that she's she did not give the the best performance. Yeah, but like, definitely like, on the weaker side. I like, but it's more to it than just yelling. I guess. No, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's true. She she does not do a great job. Of, I, I I agree with you. Like that, she does not do a great job of uh, embodying Julie. Um, I can't. Um, I'm trying to think. There were other voice actors that I were was not as impressed with, but um, oh, young I, Neil, I thought like oh, I I loved the young way- Neil Hater. No, I love the so way great. I love the way his character was written. I just felt like the vocal performance like maybe hmm. left a little to be desired. I, I honestly think that like pretty much everyone except Kieran Culkin and and Chris Evans actually are kind of inconsistent. Like there are moments where they sound really good. Some of them get better as the series goes on. Some of them are just inconsistent throughout. Uh, May Whitman is but... Rock, Roxy Richter is uh, perfect. All, yeah, that's that's true. And she that's also because she like is have, a voice actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she and she also doesn't have like the most lines, you know. Like Young Neil has, mostly. yeah, yeah. But but she but also yeah, like, is like a voice actress, right. so that yeah. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's kind of a, a yeah different a separate case. Um, but pretty much the entire rest of the cast definitely has moments of like eh, maybe you needed another take on that one, but like. Yeah, I don't know. Most of them aren't actual voice actors. Most of them it, are are just live action actors, which, as as cool as it and kind of nostalgic as it is that they got the ori- entire original cast to come back. 
I kind of wish really they had gotten that, real voice actors. Yeah, I I agree. I think that I think that getting a professional voice cast would have been a, a smarter decision, and maybe have like some of them come back to do like cameo voices or I mean, cameo appearances. It's interesting because on one hand, like okay, obviously the comic has no voice acting in it, right? So it's different, and the movie uh-huh. has the cast, so it's kind of three separate Scott Pilgrim, you know, versions. So having a yeah. completely different cast would be kind of cool and set it apart but uh, i think at the same time a lot of the excitement is like oh we got the full cast back and they're doing it i, and it's I imagine that it's was, a marketing thing yeah yeah that was yeah. probably uh that was probably a big sell for netflix uh but it also be, like, being just, able to say that i i guess we don't really know how true their like story about like oh my gosh yeah we all were in this email chain and we got back but it does seem like they genuinely are like oh like this is something we did for a lot of us early in our careers. And since then we've gotten a lot bigger. Some of us have not, but it's like, Oh yeah. Like I think they genuinely I mean, you look at some of the names on the, you look at some of the names on the list, like Michael, Sarah, Chris Evans, Brie Larson. Like these are people who were kind of start just making it starting to like break into the mainstream when the movie came out and are now like major, like a list actors. I mean, Chris Evans wasn't captain America when the movie came out. Oh no. You know? Uh, no, you know, I think- Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead hadn't been in Star Wars yet. Brie so Larson hadn't done much of anything. Ca- Captain Hezbollah. The, yeah, not yet. The thing is that it, from what I understand, it just seems like everyone had like a really good, fun time making Scott yeah. Pilgrim. And so like everyone in the cast kind of like kept scott pilgrim close to their hearts as far as projects go and so it mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it took very much convincing to get everybody on board which with yeah this. i i feel like everybody involved with this except brian O'Malley, leo malley has like positive memories of the scott pilgrim movie because <laughs> that man spends two episodes fucking eviscerating edgar wright just like taking him to task and now you know look Edgar Wright's been on Fraud Watch for the past like decade at this point. Hey, so he, he had a cameo in the anime, though. So uh, you know he he I, did, but I, there's definitely a part of me that is like, God, does Brian Lee O'Malley think the movie is just terrible? Because those two episodes where they're on the on the set, pretty and, brutal. Like it is a brutal retelling of like Edgar I, Wrong pretty yeah funny. <laughs> and, and you're wrong is very funny and that if it was just that i could be like oh, okay they're just doing a bit at his expense but the fact that like young neil is portrayed as like this total incompetent screenwriter <laughs> doesn't even write his own script has somebody else ghost writes it for him and he doesn't even know but he takes credit for it anyway and it's a complete fuck up and a disastrous take on the 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 source material although of course in this case the source material is in theory like uh autobiographical about a real person who exists which is a little different but i it you really get the impression that brian leo Malley was not happy about yeah the i i had a, a i mm-hmm. had a friend i asked a friend uh before we went to record this uh if she had any like uh anything that she thought i should bring up in this episode and and her only thing was do you think that any of uh the edgar wright digs hurt edgar wright's feelings no 
I don't think so because I mean he is executive producers and it does seem like he and he and O'Malley are like you know on pretty good terms. So I imagine all of this was in pretty good fun, even if it is kind of brutal towards the movie. I mean Edgar Wright's just counting the stacks, you know. So yeah, he probably does so not give a shit. Last night in Soho, what was the new one that was disappointing by him? Or was it uh, no, last one? night in Soho was the bad one. Was that the latest one? I, but, I, no, that's I the most. That, and b- before that was the shitty movie about the deaf kid with the Beck song, that was fucking painful. Ah, uh, Baby Driver, with uh, uh, okay. that movie sucked shit. And I know that no, no, it has of, Kevin like, Spacey in it. <laughs> yeah, great sign for your movie. <laughs> Good yeah. things are going on on that set. Oh. Uh, no, no, no. Basically, since Scott Pilgrim, he's been on Fraud Watch. He had the the great like run of like the trilogy. Well, the world's end is not that good. the The first two parts of the trilogy, yeah, Shaun it's of the Dead and Hot Fuzz are bangers. World's end as a whole, there, it's a good trilogy. <laughs> as a whole, yeah, two out of three yeah. is 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 good. Yeah, very important question. But, What's everyone's favorite uh, Edgar Wright? Mine's mine's Hot Fuzz. Scott Pilgrim. Oh, fuck it. No, of the trilogy. I guess, yeah, you know what? You got me. Oh, of the trilogy, it's Hot Fuzz, yeah. Hot Fuzz is awesome. Uh, yeah, also probably Hot Fuzz, although I do quite like Shaun of the Dead. No, Shaun of the Dead is awesome. I, Shaun of the Dead. I, I enjoyed the, uh, the Sean Penn and, uh, or not Sean Penn, um, who am I fucking? What? Sean Penn of the Dead? No. What, what is, <laughs> uh, no, what is this? Simon name? Pegg? Simon, 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 Simon Pegg. That's there the name I'm trying. That's the name that my brain is trying to come up with. Uh, I enjoyed the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost uh, yeah. cameos in, in the last episode. No, they were. Wait, are they in it before then? Yeah, they were. They're in the uh, at least one of the like docu or, like, okay. the, the documentary episodes. Are they the security well, I, guards? Yeah, the they're the security well? guards. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're the security guards on the set. Um, but yeah, I th- I thought that was cute and fun. Uh, yeah, no, that that was fun. But um, how did you guys feel about the direction? Oh. Th- oh. Well, Can I say one more thing while we're on the like movie thing? Yeah. Really? The 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 fact that so it's not just about the movie, but it's the fact that between uh Brian Lee O'Malley like doing something completely different and also skewering the movie makes me like kind of interested to know like how he feels about Scott Pilgrim the comic. Because, like, it is the thing that, like, broke him big, obviously. Like, it's super popular to this Honestly, day. From the but interviews the fact that, he that com- I read, he seems just kind of exhausted with it. I I would I would believe that, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. It, but, it, but it is interesting that, like, it, you know, obviously it's been, like, 20 years since he wrote it. So it doesn't surprise me that as he got older and matured as a writer, he would want to sort of have a second go at the material. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that it's interesting both that he didn't retell the comic and also that he, you know, made the decision to like kind of make fun of the movie, even if it is just like, you know, good fun, like poking at it. Like it's still kind of like incisive about the movie, right? Like there's, and there's a lot of people who like, don't like the movie yeah or you know at least like uh. have stupid fe- stupid opinions about the movie to an extent but like <laughs> there's 
it, it does it does it it is it is like kind of an interesting like wrinkle to me that O'Malley seems like I mean, not it, super into the the fact that Scott Pilgrim is is what it is the sort of like cultural phenomenon that it is it's interesting because if you look at his comic work he's really only done i mean he did, he did lost at sea before scott pilgrim also see uh, yeah which is, which is my also my favorite o'malley book never read it i haven't read seconds either so there's yeah we should do opportunity I seconds is awesome both of those but but okay so he did he did scott pilgrim and then since then he's just done seconds and sure he's done like you know a few comic and book stuff snot girl. snot girl being the biggest one but um yeah scott pilgrim ended in 2010 and like yeah. when you don't have i guess you know, when Scott Pilgrim's as good as it is, and you don't have that many other projects and stuff, I can see how it's like the only thing, but also can kind of get annoying uh, for him. I, I can also like, see how it's the kind of thing that just like dangles over the rest of your career to an extent, right? And what are you going like, to write next? Like every project you do, you have the expectations of Scott Pilgrim. Scott like, Pilgrim. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Like, say we will, but lost at sea in seconds. They could be better. They could be fantastic. But like, that's not what people are generally like yeah. the first thing they think of when they think of him so yeah it, well it, yeah it seems like the thing about like o'malley and revisiting this series or like revisiting the world of scott pilgrim was that like he wasn't necessarily against the concept he just like didn't have any ideas for what the like what a new like what something else in the scott pilgrim universe would would look like and uh it seems like the the like some of these like wild card ideas thrown out by grabinski really like helped take helped make this series take shape so yeah that's interesting um can we pause real quick so i can go pee because i drank an entire beverage while we've been talking yeah okay i swear i will be so quick so jean Luc, uh, tell me about yeah. the star wars thing i don't know about a star wars thing you don't know about i don't know about hmm well there's a lot but <laughs> Trying to think of something that's like kind of interesting. No, no, it doesn't have to be interesting. But I also don't want to spoil things if you, oh. I don't know how far you keep reading in the like. You're right. You're post right. Post Return of the Jedi timeline. You know, I appreciate you putting a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I, I, it's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, no, you, no, 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 never mind. You know Talon Card, right? No, who's Talon Card? No, no, he's isn't he in the Thrawn trilogy? What does he do? <laughs> he's he's like a he's a smuggler guy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he's in, he's pretty sure he's in Thron Trilogy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so this he, is he like a, one of the ones to help with the ship or the, he is, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is like a small spoiler. It, it's like relevant but not super relevant. So after the Yuuzhan Vong War, he gets a star destroyer that he owns. He's been yeah. He likes the star destroyers. Yeah. And he yeah. converts it into a casino. Oh, hell so yeah. he takes it and he takes it to the front of like major wars. And so there's just this star destroyer with, you know, still fully armed, but yeah. inside of it is not like a traditional crew or anything. It's just a, a star destroyer sized casino resort. 
And the ideas he takes to the front of major war zones and, you know, when the, the crews of the ships in those war zones are off, you know, cycle or whatever, and they have, you know, shore leave or whatever the equivalent is, they go to this Star Destroyer casino resort and they can stay in a luxury resort and gamble and, you know, go to the spa and, and do all of those so things. In theory, you have people from both sides of the war in this hotel casino. Yes. So, and yeah. No and guns, no weapons. Well, tech, so there's not supposed to be, but there's a very fun chase sequence in... I, I have a lot of critiques of the legacy of the Force novels, but there's a very fun chase sequence uh, involving some members of the uh, Jedi Order and uh, some of the... the uh, post new republic uh kind of uh enforcers that is that takes I, place I, in the casino i love the concept that he shows up with his star destroyer and he's like, hey guys don't attack me i'm the casino and they're like oh there's, if, if we live through the next 20 minutes oh i'm gonna lose so much <laughs> i'm like what happens if you yeah, hit a big what's what's your plan you're still gonna fight this war you, you gotta go back to the yeah I, I just really love it because it leans into like it's like it's it's like my favorite kind of EU thing where it's so stupid, but you know, in a way that is so fun. Like you have this huge universe, you can do whatever you want. And some guy was like star destroyer casino. And they're just like, go for it, what, dude. What, what's and that? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. Wow. Anyway. anyway. I Welcome back, Emily. Alex asked me to tell him something he didn't know about Star Wars. Of course. And then so, John Luke was I, like, oh, I got to tell something that's cool. And I was like, no, you don't have to do that. But then I just anyway. assume any time there's a lot I leave the room, you guys are talking about Star Wars. There's there's a lot of stuff about Star Wars that is not cool. That is that is definitely true. But it could be entertaining. I found we'll something that it. I think is both cool and like a fun like little tidbit. Do you agree with John Luke? Let us know. Do you think Star Destroyer, all of, like, every warship should be converted into a casino? Like, think about it. Like, if we took the U.S. Navy and made all the ships into casinos that could just exist on open sea, would the world be a better or worse place? They they make money. The U.S. government's happy, you know? Yeah. That's great. And you don't need oil when you have that much money. And if you think about it, the genius of talent cards operation is that it's not beholden to any like regulations because it's just a ship in free. I don't know. Anyway, talent cards a smart guy. I I, I think so. If you take one thing away from this episode, talent card, smart guy. How did you guys feel about the direction that Scott Pilgrim takes off took the series? Like how do you how do you feel about the direction the story took? Um, I mean, I, I yeah, it's cool. I mean, so, yes, I, I guess I've already said it, uh, so I'll be quick. But it's yeah. just it's neat that we get a little Elseworldsy kind of tale about Scott Pilgrim and one that really fleshes out the characters. And I think, in many ways, does you know it, it's weird to say a better job than the original graphic novel because that was the first thing, so it kind of doesn't feel sort of fair, a more like, well-rounded job i think yeah and it's it, it's again it's a great companion piece and it's something that's like oh cool i like scott pilgrim and there's like at least three things that i can point to to be like oh check this out and as far as i can tell there hasn't been a scott pilgrim thing that's not a banger i haven't played the game um, the, ba- the I, game is a banger. banger there we go it's, really it, it's all it's all bangers which is you know a testament to brian lee o'malley who only not only but you know he he's, he's not pumping out books every like 
ear and stuff yeah. like that. He's 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 not writing um whatever the fuck Scott Snyder's writing. Um, <laughs> wow, that was you know what? He's probably a nice guy. Shot well, across the bow, damn. He's got he's, his actions, you know. Well anyway. Um yeah. In conclusion, I, I, yeah. I, I like that the, there's it opens the door, and I know that like Brian Lee O'Malley has said that he doesn't really want to do more. And I know that we're gonna, probably going to talk about this later, but it opens the door for like, what if we took the Scott Pilgrim universe and told like a different story, and we told it, but more importantly, told it with a different POV character, mm-hmm. because both the movie and the comic are told from Scott's perspective, mm-hmm. and the first episode of the show is also told from Scott's perspective because it's just the first like half hour of the movie, or oh, it's a little less than that, I think. But this is like, what if we told the Scott Pilgrim story and it was a different story, but we told it from Ramona's POV. Mm-hmm. And I really like that idea, both because like part of Scott Pilgrim, part of like the story of the Scott Pilgrim char- character is coming to the realization that he is no matter, d- despite like the, sort of fantastical trappings he's not like the main character of reality and that he has hurt a lot he hurts a lot of people and the things that he does have really like significant effects on the people in his life that he is very callous about despite being kind of happy-go-lucky about the whole thing Mm -hmm. so it is kind of it is cool to then see that universe from the perspective of another character and ramona's you know the obvious other character you'd want to see it from because she is sort of the secondary protagonist of both the the comic and the movie Mm -hmm. and so it you know it's just it's neat to be able to see it from somebody else's like actually get to see it from somebody else's perspective and not sort of get that those perspectives laundered through through scott and I, i i think it'd be cool to see it from other characters perspectives too like obviously not everybody can be a main character like i don't need to see it from lucas lee's perspective even though i like lucas lee as a character but sure. you know it's 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 cool that like it's cool as an acknowledgement that there are a lot of really compelling and really awesome characters in scott pilgrim mm-hmm. and just you can utilize all of them more if you want to and you can do more with all of them mm-hmm. and that's fun. And when you're a writer that's as good as Brian Lee O'Malley, you can, you know, make all those stories feel compelling and interesting. So I think it's a really cool direction to, to take the story. For sure. Uh, is also, this- he clearly watched uh, another, he clearly watched another anime in the intervening times. He went from only having seen Revolutionary Girl Utena to also having seen Neon Genesis Evangelion. So this is like way more on my <laughs> wavelength. Specifically, if you watch the Speed Racer next, so. I think we have the Trinity of us. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, is there anything that you guys wish that had been done differently? I actually am not in love with the big reveal that the whole thing is like Scott time traveling. Yeah. To like, I like the idea that like, on the one hand, I think it's fun that like Scott never grows up. And those episodes, the, the 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 first time travel episode, I think is episode seven, is is awesome. Where they go forward and Scott's living in Wallace's basement. Basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think that's really fun, but it it, it it does kind of feel almost like a cop out to the story of Scott loses the first battle. Like 
it's such an interest, a compelling what if of like, what is Scott Pilgrim without Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. that I was a little disappointed. And I, I knew that it was a fake out because there's no way that you do a Scott Pilgrim show that is like, oh, Scott Pilgrim is not there. And obviously, like, they yeah. set up the whole thing is like Ramona doing the like investigating, like what really happened to Scott. Mm-hmm. But the idea of what happens to the characters in the Scott Pilgrim universe when Scott is completely removed is a much more compelling question to me. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit bummed. Like, what we got, I- I'm not disparaging what they did with the show at all, like, because I do love it. But I would have loved to actually get to see, like, what do what does it look like when Scott is completely removed from the equation? If, so I thought if the they whole, did a like, two-season kind of thing where, like, you don't see Scott at all till like, the finale or something. or Yeah, you know, yeah. Something like that. I mean, it's interesting because in many ways the show, like, kind of checks all the boxes it's like you know people are being like well you know scott's relationship with knives a little problematic huh (laughs) and like in the show you know everyone's saying it but scott's also like at the end there's there's actually a moment of you know scott realizing that truly um i i didn't mention but i thought that um i think her name is ellen chow that does the voice of knives i thought did a really good job oh yeah I mean, like, I think she, you know, she's fantastic in the movie, and I think she was, like, further fantastic in this show. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, And then, you know, stuff like, oh, like, Scott is just completely in his own world, and that's very Mm -hmm. clearly tackled. And then also stuff with Ramona, where it's like, you know, not all of your exes were good people, but you also didn't treat them all well as well. And it's also, you know, learning that. And I, 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 I do like the message that, like, just because it's going to end in tragedy in a way doesn't mean it's not worth going through. Um, and it's also like, you might it say, have to end in tragedy. you might say Alex that it's a sad mm. song, but we sing it anyway. That's for uh, Jean-Luc not being here. <laughs> is, is that our version of, of star Wars talk? Is it just, it's just Hades town. Yeah. Little references in there. That, that was, that was good. Emily. I, yeah. And it's, it's true. Oh yeah. Check out Hades 10, everybody. Yeah. Everybody, everybody go check out Hades town. Um, but yeah, Why, where do we get the reputation of being a Hades town hater? I think you're just a musical Hades hater. town hater. It's kind of catchy though. You're more, he's a, he's a Hades town hater. You're just a musical hater is what I oh, okay. think we're getting. Fair enough. You, you just Fair hate enough. music. Jean-Luc is what we're trying to <laughs> that not, but, yeah, yeah. That's what we're always saying about you. Name five musics. You can't. You can't, you can't can't do it. You can't. We'll move on. Uh, but yeah, um, I I really liked uh, I really liked the story that they ended up with for the show. I can't really, other than like, I wish that it had had a few, like at least two, if not more, more episodes, uh, so that we could like really kind of dive into more things. Um, I know that like, there's no place that you could have fit her in and it wouldn't make any sense, but I'm sad that Lisa wasn't here, even though like she barely matters. I like Lisa and I was kind of, that is not true that Lisa barely matters. Okay. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's fair. In the comic, Lisa is a very important part of the story. Like, even if she only shows up for like relatively brief periods. Yeah, I guess it would have been it would have been more accurate to say like she, you know, she doesn't show up for very much. So like, you know, it makes sense to cut her out of or to not include her in this version of the story, especially yeah. because like they kind of backseat 
all of uh, like other than Wallace uh backseat all of the like Scott related characters oh. um yeah like we don't like really envy get... is barely in it yeah, too that's which I was literally literally what I was about to say we Sorry. barely get no 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 not not that you just the fact that we were like right on that same wavelength is that uh well, there like, I go mansplaining again <laughs> that like we barely get any envy even though she does get her incredible musical number in episode two um we get we, we get some oh small note on that I think it's yeah. awesome that they got the lead singer of Metro yes! to sing for her given so that good in the original Brie Larson sings a cover of a metric song. So I think it's great that they got uh, her. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's actually metric in the movie, isn't it? I, does Brie Larson not sing the, I thought, I I have for years lived under the assumption that Brie Larson did a cover of black sheep for that song. I I did not think it was a metric version. For singing parts. Yeah, I like I know that Brie Larson is a singer, but I was pretty certain that the oh. music in the movie it's, was it, it says that she was replaced in the anime, not in like in the actual show she's singing. Yeah. It's singing. The, yeah. There is a Brie Larson vocal version of, of Black Sheep. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was just the band. So yeah, I thought it was actually metric. Ooh, there's a 500 word article asking this very question. Okay. Yes. Yes. The answer. Is it's yes. a great song. Okay. Fun. Black shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Funny rules, but I, also, I just like that. There's a. There's a. There's a few things where I just like the sort of like inversion of the original. Yeah. Of the movie, but it's it's cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah. Um. Do do either of you guys have a favorite episode? I I think it's it's episode five is a documentary episode the one that's like a documentary of them making the movie that yeah. episode is awesome. Yeah. Honestly, it, I, it is kind of a highlight of the whole show. It it's just so fun the way that they shoot it, and also like I love it when fictional like movies or tv shows are shot like documentaries like i just love i mean i love found footage horror but i just like beyond that love that sort of like subgenre of like the mockumentary or whatever of Mm -hmm. we're gonna shoot this like it's real that that is always so fun and i love that um young neil wears a david cronenberg a shirt that just says david cronenberg we we need those David Cronenberg oh for president shirts or whatever. I, I, for, for years, I've thought that the like, there's like a company that does the like directors, just their name on like a white t-shirt. And for years, I've been like, that's a little bit cringe. And then I saw the David Cronenberg on a black t-shirt and I was like, oh yeah, uh, uh, is lot. it though? <laughs> is it cringe? I Because yeah. you would catch me wearing a David Cronenberg t-shirt like that. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Episode episode five, yeah. Honestly, it's great. It, yeah, it's, I, I know it. Was, it. So, so, yeah, I mean, really, I'm I'm saying words, but you can you can tune out now. Um, <laughs> it's most episodes in the show. It just felt like okay, like sure they're after Scott, but it was just so cool seeing the characters doing their own thing and having their own whimsical tales. Which I mean, we, we we've been over that a lot, but mm-hmm. um, good stuff. And then I, I I like the finale. I like that it you know ties everything up, yeah. gives everyone the ending. I think the emotional core and what it's kind of like. It's its main message and its whole its whole thing at the end. I'm like, oh, cool. They 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 managed to end it. I the um the after credits kind of like there could be more. It was a little bit like oh, it's a little like, cheesy. 
I understand, like, have that door open, sure, if you ever want to use it, but you could always just, you, you don't need that there. I yeah. think, I think just end it there, but. It is weird considering, like, that they have been very vocal about the fact that they have, like, literally no plans for what a season two would look like, like, that they put everything that they wanted to do on the table for this, uh, that they added in that little, like, tease at the I end. I think it's just one of, it's probably like one of those things where they don't want to, like, there may not be interest now, but they don't want to completely close the door. Yeah. And I, you know, like, they want to leave. I would not be leave, surprised if this gets renewed. Yeah. I, I think it's just one of those things where this, and this is very much a comics thing of, you always want to leave the door open mm -hmm. just in case, because you might come back to something. You never know when something is actually over. Mm -hmm. You did that in so, Clock. Right, so on the last. Shut page, the fuck up! Over, you know, right? Alex, I I was in a half price books over the weekend. I went up to I Seattle saw, to visit some friends, oh, and yeah. there were not. I should have taken a full picture. There was not one, but two sets of issues one to twelve of Doomsday Clock in their single issues, and it was Wait, half off. And I was like, "You own twenty four issues of Doomsday Clock now." Fuck that's, that. That's no, wild. I do. That's, no, that's I don't. Uh, but it was definitely a moment of like, I felt so vindicated seeing those in a half price books long box. Like, so yeah, funny. that's right. No one wants this dog shit. Those poor comics. Nobody wants it. So many copies because they're like Watchmen 2. Well, I guess Watchmen 3 because before Watchmen would be Watchmen 2. Unless you're looking at like a Lion King, Lion King one and a half style. But anyway. Okay, so um, the next question is not a question. We have to talk about Scalus, which is, of course... Is that a disease? No. Is this a we-need-to-talk-about-Kevin-style scenario? Um, they... I mean, I was making like a... I was making a bit of a joke on the we-need-to-talk-about-Kevin as a title, but um, no, Scalus being the, like, ship of um, Scott and Wallace. Um, we need to talk about... We need to talk about Scott and Wallace and, like... I, I just find this fascinating because it seems like, based on my research, that, like, no one wants Scott and Wallace to fuck more than Brian Lee O'Malley, and yet he has <laughs> not put it on the page. And it just, I don't know, like, it's just really interesting because if you look at a lot of his like art of scott pilgrim characters like wallace is often grouped with other characters like of like a certain kind in scott's life like his his exes so to speak um and it is like it is heavily implied that wallace like has feelings for scott in the comic it at at certain points um and also like in this show like there's the relationship between wallace and todd but like todd is dressed as scott the whole time and i don't know like i just like i find I find this fascinating and I know that I'm talking to like two ostensibly heterosexual men. Uh, you know, I'm not making any assumptions, but. Uh... I like the idea that Scott is one of those guys from that like 2015 or 2016 New York times article about the bromosexuals, like the guys okay. who like, 
they're two guys and they live together and they regularly fuck each other, but they're also say that they're totally straight. But they're totally straight. I mean, like, I, I like the idea that Scott, like the same thing that Scott is like, yeah, you know, I'm sober. I don't drink is th- he has the same relationship with like having sex with men where he's like, yeah, no, I've never, I've See, never but that's done the that thing before. is like, he says I, like, yeah, I don't drink. But then like the, like one of the times that we do see him having been really drunk is when he's with yeah. Wallace. And right. like I, when it is questioned true, about how he and Wallace start living together, like I, 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 is it like Kim or somebody asks like, is it a gay story? And he's like, it's somewhat gay, but does not elaborate. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, I find this, like, I find the series, uh, like, constantly dancing around, like, the concept of Scott and Wallace uh, to be kind of fascinating. There's part of me that thinks it's fun. I mean, I know that, like, a lot of people probably don't, won't agree with me on this because it's, like, queer baby or whatever. But there is part of me that thinks it's fun that, like it's something that's always hinted at but never actually like made canon because i think it it, it's it speaks to both like scott and wallace's characters individually that like scott wouldn't want to that wouldn't really want people to know about that it's a little weird now to like still be doing that and also like whatever feelings wallace may have like i don't think wallace would want to be seen as being uh connected with scott in that way no i also i think wallace's wallace's like social credit for lack of wallace's uh you know communist party social credit score is is way too valuable to to ever date someone like scott pilgrim you know so i like the idea that it's like one of those things where you just can never see it like explicitly but yeah it's it's just always subtext for for that exact reason it's just like Um, in the original like when they wake up with like or like when there's the moment where like they're all in bed together and like it's uh clearly like wallace and a hookup and also scott it's like this has clearly happened before this clearly happens all the time like this is not regular like normal heterosexual roommate behavior. it's also like scott inserting himself into his life and being like a leech to him too. yeah like i also like the other part of that that the other interpretation of that which is just that like scott is so like unaware and stupid at like <laughs> socially <know>. inept <laughs> oh, that he just completely sleeps through it that's definitely know? what like, what is being I, like what they're yeah, going yeah. for i i have to assume but i i don't know like i i just find like the scott and wallace thing interesting and but it, it's funny that you say like it's also like scott kind of inserting himself into wallace's life because if we like look at the like if we look at the uh, pages of the comic where we get kind of like the backstory of like Wallace and Scott hanging out, like it starts off with kind of like Wallace inserting himself into Scott's life and like hanging out with him. And then like they end up moving out and living together. And also like there are weird parallels in like the dialogue with Wallace with like dialogue that, uh, 
we see with like Lisa and Scott in like Lisa's uh backstory so that just like further deepens this like interesting parallel of Wallace as like not Scott's ex but kind of Scott's ex well Emily you're not alone in these feelings because the Scott Pilgrim Wallace Wells tag is the number one oh, relationship I... tag on AO3 I was, uh, I was seeing Scottless fan art before the show debuted and like that has only intensified is it a the thing is, would, are, are they exes? Because they, like, never start, never they, begin. No. They're just always I, there, right? I just mean, so like, like... It's a situationship. Grouped, yeah. grouped with the characters who are his exes. Like, Kim yeah. and Lisa and, and Bae. I, I guess it's just, like, that because they never, like, leave each other, they never have a moment of, like, actually... I dead ass you know. in in the, and I know that they were doing this intentionally. Like I having because I have watched uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off three times in its entirety now. Um, I mean, okay, one of those times I was mostly on acid, so I, that probably doesn't count. But um, but the but but I have watched it twice in its entirety, uh, not on acid, and I I can say like. I, when they were doing the episode, uh, I think it's like the penultimate episode where you like get all of the backstory with old Scott or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's a moment where it seems like they're going to reveal that Scott and old Wallace are married. And then like they do a diversion and say that Wallace's husband works at Nintendo. But he like, works at Nintendo. But the way that that shot is like set up and framed and everything, like the expectation is that they're going to say yeah. that it's that Scott and Wallace are married. It's also kind of funny because it's like it's it's the old like joke of like oh yeah this is real like my uncle works at nintendo but like yeah either you know your uncle does not work at nintendo it's like yeah your uncle might not even exist as you say it so he gets but. all the new games yeah yeah but anyway i don't know i just i wanted to make sure that um the scott and wallace conversation got brought up in some ways isn't what to go back to an earlier point isn't that better than what Scott has with his other exes, though? That, like, they never are formally together, and so, like, there's no pressure on it, so they never have to break up and be a... Yeah, it's like... yeah. Hey, fi find yourself a homie like, Wa like Wallace, <laughs> and, you know, live your lives happily together. Uh, but don't commit, but also, yeah. Uh, how did you Commitment has never worked out for anyone. It's true. How did you guys feel about the ending of the of oh. this the season? I feel like I've covered this a little bit, mentioned my sure. feelings on it a little bit. So me too. Okay. I, I liked it. Okay, yeah. It ties it up nicely. I, I liked it. The ended message. I like that they had AK fields instead of AT fields. I was and that the whole thing was shot with like that the red background up. that was like, oh, they're just doing end of Ava. It's like on the moon, like Oh, they're just—they're really just leaning into the Evangelion thing. Yeah, I—I um, I also so. the the AK feels gave me quite a giggle. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I I like the ending. Um, I, the the super Ramona stuff uh makes me uh cry in this book club uh every time. <laughs> um, I I thought it was a little corny, but it it works. 
I I thought it was I I thought it was really cute and sweet and I I enjoyed it yeah. uh, quite a bit. Um yeah, it's I, very Dr. Manhattan of like you are every version of yourself at once yeah. and you experience everything at the same time. Stop talking about doomsday. Clark. But it's like a different sort of it's a different way of taking it where Doctor, that makes Doctor Manhattan the sort of like cold, emotionless being. Whereas with Ramona, it's like you experience all of those feelings at once, like the, yeah, and like the opposite. with one another, and it's like yeah. you become like the most honest, like version of yourself, emotionally honest and open. It's yeah, yourself, it's beautiful. So. There is a there is a beauty to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, would uh, would you guys like to see another season of this? I think it's yes and no. no. If they have if they have a story to tell, I am interested in seeing another season of this. I I don't want um I don't want to just like prolong the series just to to do it. Um I like I I like I like that they came up with a story for this and then they did it. Uh, if they have another story, then I'm interested in seeing that. But like, yeah. if it's not going to be like, if it's not going to be this creative team, I don't think I want, I would want to see it. Hashtag I'm with her. I, I think that Classic if Brian Lee O'Malley has another Scott Pilgrim story that he wants to tell in him, whether it's directly connected to Scott Pilgrim takes off or not, you know, if he does, I want him to do that if he doesn't then i don't want him to do that and if anyone other than brian leo malley wants to do a scott pilgrim thing i want to tell them to fuck off and that's not yours go, go away anything. no nobody say you, you, you cannot sit with us uh we do yeah. not want you here get the fuck out yeah so yeah i mean i say just leave behind the tv show do the musical do a radio drama. Do something else. I, um, I agree that if they're going to do something, they, like it'd be better to do it in another medium because I, I like the idea that like every time you do a Scott Pilgrim thing, it can't be in a preview. Like, you can't do a comic book sequel. You can't do another video game. You can't do another live action movie. And now you can't do another animated show. So you have to <laughs> find like, some It's like a reverse way. Thanos getting all of the Infinity Stones, but now you can't use those medium. <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. What if um, Scott Pilgrim wins a, what is it, an EGOT or whatever it is? It's like Emmy, Grammy. <laughs> oh, that'd be really good. Uh, Tony. We need the Scott they Pilgrim need to make it an, album. They need to make it an EGOT where like they add Eisners to the front of it. Yes. So. Oh, and a Harvey. He yes. got yeah, and then they need to add uh, a K for the Keeleys. <laughs> oh, uh, the the video game awards. Yeah, I. Oh, we we all know the Keeleys. Don't worry, Shelly. Uh, the, you know, it, I think it is funny that they added in like the little tease at the end of like oh we might keep going when they have not when they have been very vocal about the fact that like they don't have plans for season two but i would watch another season of this um and so if that's a thing that they decide to do i hope that it's not just a i hope that it's not just a cash even though this definitely like started off uh the the concept of doing anything else scott pilgrim was always going to be just a cash grab uh i'm glad that like they actually managed to make it into something cool and interesting and fun it's the first netflix original that's been good possibly ever uh which character in scott pilgrim takes off 
surprise the most? Todd. Oh, yeah. See, I was thinking either Todd or Old Scott. Old I don't think Old Scott has a capacity Actually, Scott, for that. I mean, at some point, he definitely did. We just don't see it. So there's definitely a lot of crying. He Do you think so? Life. Because I mean, they I were separated that would for like 10 response. years. I feel like he probably cried in the beginning. Maybe. But I, do, I don't think he would let himself cry. I, I imagine that, like, as far as, like, quantity, I feel like Todd probably cries in this. Poor Todd. Todd did nothing wrong except all the abuse he had in the original, I think. I think it's really funny uh, that, like, in the last episode, he's, like, loading up his popcorn with butter. But, like, movie popcorn, like, theater popcorn oh, is, is notoriously, like just like vegetable oil so it wouldn't even mm-hmm. be non-vegan but that's true yeah take that uh take that i i love todd i'm i'm glad that uh i'm glad that most of the exes got a little more room to breathe in this series I- and they get to be more than just little uh I like that Wallace treats him as being completely disposable because it made me feel like I was seeing Roman Roy again for like a small moment. Honestly, yeah, like getting <laughs> getting to see getting to hear Kieran Culkin in this role as Wallace Wallace was like microdosing Roman Roy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was good for me. Yep. Um, do you guys hear that sound? We've mentioned it a couple of times. It's the doomsday clock. Uh, oh, yeah. Indicating that it's time for our... Uh, it's our first ever cry space. This is a new segment that we're trying out where uh, we talk about something that made us cry this week. Um, do either of you have a cry space today? Sorry, I'm trying to think. I saw the boy and the heron, which didn't actually make me cry, but it almost it, I was like starting what? to feel emotional, what? and then it, I didn't oh. quite get there. Not that yeah, it's like not, it? not a side against the movie. Yeah, it was great. I, I really oh, liked good. it. Oh, it's, good. Uh, have you seen it yet? No, I haven't gotten to see it yet. Um, oh, okay. So I, it is I showing say, in the theaters. It, it is showing in the theaters should, near me, so I should go see it. Yeah, you should, you should go I'd because it, it is definitely best uh, experienced kind of without any any expectations i'm or any excited for uh for rob pats uh as as the bard i i actually want to go well. see it i actually want to go see it again because i saw the sub oh uh, interesting. and i oh, cool. i would like to go see the dub because i you know the dub I, has I more that, showings where i am so i'm probably gonna i think the, that. the dub has more showings here too but it just has so happened the showing i went to with uh, my friends over the weekend was one of the sub shows uh, that makes sense um, yeah it's so great that you get to hopefully so, experience both yeah yeah I, I i would like to see the dub as as well because of the voice cast is is very good uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. just but, real quick another thing that i meant to bring up when we were talking about um the voice acting in scott pilgrim takes off earlier like they actually have like a like the, the japanese cast for scott pilgrim takes off is actually like mostly like actual japanese voice actors so mm-hmm. uh, i i am kind of jealous of that fact that like 
they have like actual voice yeah. actors for the Japanese stuff. I did see some people saying that the Japanese voice acting was a lot better. I for, know that the show, um so. the I I don't remember who does most of the other voices, but I re- but the one that stuck out to me was that um Ramona is voiced by uh the same voice actress that does the the voice of Jolene in uh the jojo season stone uh jojo's bizarre adventure season stone ocean so uh that was significant because uh she's a a a well-liked character so i thought that it was fun that uh her voice actress gets to voice ramona but anyway um alex do you have a cry space i do um you know i live in toronto and today someone visited toronto and they they, crazed, they created a ruckus, and it was Timothy Chalamet. He came to the mall uh, to talk about his new Wonka movie. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, my cry space is I'm going to see Wonka Saturday night. And It's getting good reviews. I don't like Willy is Wonka. It? I don't like Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Like but Willy when you Wonka? direct Paddington, when you direct Paddington and you direct another movie, I'm there. You don't and like Willy there. Wonka? No. You don't like the original? You don't like... You don't like the Raw Doll book? Like you don't like or not Raw Doll, no. it's um It is Raw Doll. Raw Doll. Is, is it a Raw Doll, yeah. Sorry, I Yeah, Raw Doll. Not I yeah. I'm not, not even gonna get into you yeah. know yeah, 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 yeah. No. Never For a second know, like, I, I psyoped myself into thinking that it was a Dr. Seuss book, but no, it is in no, fact a, a no. Raw Doll thing. No. no, it is actually it has actually come out to very positive reviews. That's so. interesting. Which is which I is funny trailer. because I, I've made fun of the trailer for the last like six months because I mean, it looks bad. awful. I so I, I only saw like thirty seconds of that trailer. I was I was in a theater and I was talking to someone, but he's just talking about like the chocolate mafia and they're like they're like you can't open a chocolate shop here, see? And I'm like, oh, I'm sold. I will watch this movie. <laughs> uh, but my it's kind of Riverdale esque. It's you know yeah. it's like the the uh, what is the fake drug in Jingle Riverdale? Jangle. The, uh, Jingle Jangle, Jingle Jangle, which is just okay. like. Pop rocks, and yeah, pop rocks. yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably laced with like something. Fentanyl. But the, uh, the the other, yeah, that's the one. Hey, shout out! Um, no, uh, shout out to Fentanyl. But tomorrow I'm seeing Godzilla. Minus, oh uh, fuck yeah, Godzilla minus one is awesome. Minus one. People should so, go see Godzilla. I'm, minus I'm excited. One. I'm excited. To see, I haven't seen a movie in a while, so. I, I saw a lot in September and then haven't seen anything. So I saw like, they they did like a 20th anniversary release of Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, uh, oh, cool. I, I actually hadn't seen it before. It's the only Satoshi Kon movie it I've ever the seen. Season. So I I went and saw it and it was very good. I I really oh I'm it. so glad. I, I had a there was a person behind me who gave like their entire internal monologue during the movie, which awful. was really fucking awful. Alarming. Like, I was maybe like, maybe they were an actor in the original film. Part <laughs> of me wanted to turn around and just say, "Can you please shut up for like five a five minute period?" I probably would have but done that I, honestly. Like I, 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 I feel like it's not worth it, but because then like you know they just get more annoying. But I'm glad yeah, you saw I, it. Also, it was very um, good. Movie news. I know this is not a movie news segment, but uh, the best looking 3D film since um, Avatar is coming out this December. Aquaman 2. Oh. That's Fuck the, yeah. That's what it said on the advertisement. It said the best looking uh, 3D film since <laughs> Avatar. I don't know how many Did films they... do 3D, so it's kind of it's kind of oh. gone away a bit. But yeah. Do as you will. Uh, my cry space, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it but my cry space is 
podcast editing and the reason i'm not going to go into so true the reason i'm not going to go into detail is because there's like a 50 50 chance that one of the hosts of the podcast that i was editing listens to this show and i don't want to make them feel bad but uh my cry space for today that we are recording this episode is definitely uh podcast editing I, yeah, I, I have to say I also hate podcast editing, but it's mostly like me forgetting to mute my mic in between like when I talk <laughs> and like blowing my nose and eating chips and stuff. So I think this episode should be pretty good because I was very on top of that. That's but my favorite part it was, of the show. There's only one I, moment I, where I dropped something that skittered across the floor. I, I, I was going to say, I did the Invincible episode last night in like a frenzy because I realized, oh shit, it's supposed to come out today. And there's a point where it sounds like Emily just like throws hump something across the room. Oh, I, don't I think know she what probably just set something down on her desk and the, 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 the mic picked it up. Oh. But it really was like, Jesus Christ, what was going what was going on? <laughs> oh, there? I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know either, but you know, it's it, it's lost the time because I deleted it from the recording. <laughs> so um, but yeah. Podcast editing is bad. Yeah, no one should do it. Um, if you, There's, they should have told you how bad it, they should tell you how bad it is before you start podcasting for the first time, yeah. but they never do. They're like, audio editing is a cool and marketable skill. No, it's not. <laughs> I think, I think the way to do it is to like, pretend you're releasing the show and tell your co-host you're releasing the show. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Another new episode, but really you're just, you know, you're just talking and there's no podcast. Yeah, they're, they're just yeah. having conversations with your friends. Yeah, and, and you guys do plug, and, and, and then every week during the plug segment, you're like, "Okay, I guess." You can. I yeah, I already follow you on Twitter, but give me your Twitter Twitter handle one more yeah, time. Okay, I'm writing it down like... again. <laughs> Speaking of, if you would like to follow this show on the internet, you can do that at Crying Book Club. You should rate. We totally release episodes. Every episode has an audio file that gets uploaded. On you the should release, rate release. and review us uh, five stars. You can call me an file on your <laughs> podcasting platform of choice. Uh, if you would like to follow John Luke online, you can do that at Mountain Dew Liker on Twitter or Letterbox at JL Botville. Alex can be found at Alex Hanziak on Twitter, and I can be found lots of places uh at impandanana on twitter at letterbox uh, on letterbox at pandabor on twitch at pandabor and the following podcasts imagine me and you should know the fresh podcast market and that looks terrible so that uh that does it for scott pilgrim takes off i guess uh so it's time for us to take off uh so true so true bye 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 You guys think it'd be cool if I got a tattoo that just said Ramona on my chest? Yeah. If you do it, I'll get a matching one. Hell yeah. We have been talking about getting tattoos, so that might be the... (laughs) Jumbo hasn't said anything, but he's in. Cool. I would not get a Ramona tattoo on my chest, but I'm down to get matching tattoos. Yes! But it it would not be that. We got him, boys. (laughs) It's a clock.